What's up, people? It's Davin. I'm back. This is another episode of the Free Your Voice, Free Your Life podcast. As always, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> if you're new, welcome. I really appreciate you taking the time to check in here, listen in on the type of conversation that we are going to have here today. I hope you'll find it nourishing. I hope you'll find it compelling. And if you've been hanging around me for a while, thanks. <laughs> I'm super grateful for you, and I'm super grateful for this space where we can have a certain type of conversation, a conversation that typically centers the voice and singing, but quickly moves into healing, to transformation, to human growth, flourishing, development, to exuberant creation and joyful living. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I can head down all of these paths very quickly. Um, but today, this episode is maybe going to point more specifically in one direction, and I'll tell you more about that in just a minute. But before I do, I just want to acknowledge the fact that it has been a minute since I dropped a podcast episode, and that's simply because I've been out in the world singing. I've been out in the world making music, um, trying to make things happen, and it's been a joy. It's been a delight. There have been some challenging elements. There have been some growing elements. But last month in January, I had the privilege of bringing The Reset, my immersive sound experience, which you can learn more about at theresetsoundexperience.com, to Orchestra Hall here in Chicago, home of the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. If you've been listening for a while, you heard me talk about the buildup to that. This is the second year in a row I've gotten to do that. And I'm so, so grateful to say that it went swimmingly. It was super awesome. We sold a great number of tickets. We had beautiful faces in the audience. And because I had the experience of having done this before, I felt more in my body. I felt like I was able to really show up and connect with the sound and the music in the way that I wanted to. And I got really positive feedback. I heard from people that it was a moving experience for them. The space is iconic. Yeah, it was super dope. And I'm really happy and grateful and excited. And if you are in or around the Cleveland area, Cleveland, Ohio, on February 23, I'm going to be bringing a similar experience. So just for context, the reset is this immersive sound experience. It's like a sound bath of sorts where I use my voice. I sing through looping devices. I integrate electronic beats. Um, but I'm going to bring it to my alma mater, which is the Oberlin College and Conservatory of Music. Specifically, I'm going to bring it to Finney Chapel, which is a killer space. I was thinking about Finney Chapel and I was thinking about college. And I remember specifically, I saw Rufus Wainwright in Finney Chapel and I saw Patty Griffin. And I remember thinking that I had never heard a more angelic voice than when I heard Patty's voice. It was so crystal clear and gorgeous and beautiful. And it rang out in that beautiful chapel space. And yeah, so it's a privilege and an honor to be able to bring what it is that I'm doing there. And the event is sponsored by the Conservatory of Music. It's, you know, geared toward the students of the college and the conservatory, but it's totally open to the public. I got a lot of people coming from different areas of my life who live in and around Cleveland. So if you happen to live in that area, February 23rd, 7.30 p.m., Finney Chapel, pull up. <laughs> bring your pillow, bring your sleeping bag or your blanket, and pull up. Let's get comfy. Let's get cozy. Let's let the sound 
immerse us and enjoy this experience together. It's also a bit of a trip to go back to Oberlin because Oberlin was a magical, special time in my life, but it was also a time of deep vocal confusion, <laughs> like really deep. I mean, I was thinking to myself about how lost I was during that time. And then I, it occurs to me that anyone who's in college is likely not very found. <laughs> so I got to give myself some grace there, but it's really taken me 20 years to be able to say that I could go back in a way that feels authentic and true and me. And now at age 42, I'm bringing my voice back in its most fully realized form. In a way, I'm singing to my younger self who was struggling at that point in time to find myself, to be honest, to be authentic, to be free. And so it's a trip. I'm excited. It's going to be cool. Yeah, you know the drill. Show up if you're able. Okay, this episode of the podcast is going to signify a little permission slip that I've written myself. <laughs> I probably didn't even need to write it, but you know what happens in life is so often we get contained in small boxes. We see ourselves as being someone who does this or does this like this. And then we assume that the whole world expects us to stay in that small box. So we keep behaving accordingly. What do I mean? Well, a while back, I changed the name of this podcast. It used to be called The Sound of You, which I still think is a really cute name that I would like to use for something else. But I changed it to Free Your Voice, Free Your Life, because I really wanted to be explicit in naming that the work that I was doing wasn't just about the voice, but it was about the possibility of transformation through the medium that is singing and the human voice. And that's felt so good and so aligned. But it occurred to me recently that so much of my coaching work, while it centers the voice and, and while people find their way to me through the voice, so much of my coaching work is really about change and transformation, holistic change and transformation. And the way that this emerges is that many of my sessions involve little singing. Now, it really depends on where someone is in their journey and where it is that they're wanting to go. But it's not uncommon for a session to be sort of an hour of talking, an hour of talking through difficult moments in our lives, through the prospect of change, through pointing one down a different path creatively. Um, yeah, it ends up being sort of a life coaching session. And I have to say, I love that. It's really exciting to me. Now, my zone of genius is certainly the voice and singing. It's the thing I've dedicated so much of my time, energy, and I don't know, just focus toward. But what really, really would excite me in working with anyone most is not just that they sang better, but they felt more free, that they felt like they were liberated from the small box that they've kept themselves in. So I'm writing myself a permission slip today to drop an episode here that isn't so centered on the voice. In fact, what I want to talk to you about today is the anatomy of change. Because a commonality between everyone that I work with and 
a real essential component around the work that I do when it's most successful is when my expertise meets someone at this moment when they are ready to facilitate real change in their lives. When they're ready to flip the script, when they're ready to pull the trigger, when they're tired of doing things the way that they've been doing them, when they want desperately to see a new future and live fully into it. And so I just want to talk to you about what does that mean? What does that look like? What might it mean for you? The question is, are you ready for change? So often we seek a class, coaching, an experience, because we want to find our way into something different. But depending on where we are in our own personal growth, healing, and transformation journeys, where we are on our spiritual path, we may be more or less ready for that change. But I've noticed within myself and my own experience, but particularly within the clients that I've worked with, that there's sort of an anatomy of change. Typically, that begins with something that feels like it starts to awaken within. Often, this is a calling that starts subtly or a bubbling up, a voice that you've been ignoring for a long time, but it seems like it's getting louder. It seems like it keeps popping up that when you're not distracting yourself with your phone or you're not involved in some activity that you can't help but think about, I wish my life looked like this, or I'm ready to try to do this, or I want to be able to do this, or, or, or. And we get expert at ignoring this, but for some people, for some reason, there are times where that starts to really bubble up within. To me, this is awakening. It's always symptomatic of some spiritual awakening. Sometimes it's triggered by um, loss, maybe an illness, the death of a loved one, the end of a relationship, losing your job. Other times, you can't quite put your finger on what was the moment when things shifted. <laughs> the sun just shone on you in a certain way that day, and you knew <laughs> that you couldn't live how you were living prior anymore. But this voice, this knowing, this part of you starts to bubble up within. And while it has elements of excitement, it ultimately causes some level of discomfort without. This knowing within seems incongruent with the way in which you're living your, si your life without. This knowing within seems like it's in opposition to your job. This knowing within seems like it's in opposition to your relationship. This knowing within seems like it's in opposition to your friendships or the location that you live or the amount of money that you make or you name it. All of the things that we desire to be different. And so there's this tension that emerges. Merges. Things get really itchy. It's difficult to reconcile this feeling, this desire, this want, this knowing with the ways in which it doesn't align with your life as you can see it. The external you doesn't seem to match the internal you. And so for some people, for some reason, 
they start to head down a path to seek change with the external, to try to get the outside to line up with the inside. Now, this isn't everyone. It really isn't. In fact, I would say that the people that really pursue this path, they're the minority. Most folks, and I say this without judgment, um, I say it just sort of as an observation, but most folks are quite comfortable suppressing that voice within. Most folks have a life that's just comfortable enough that they're kind of okay for now, hanging out in the situation that they're in, not really rocking the boat too much because, quite frankly, they don't want to get wet and God bless them. (laughs) But historically, the people who come to me, the people who want to do the work that lights me up, are the people that can't take it anymore, that they can't reconcile going to this job, doing this thing like this, when what they really want is or they can't reconcile staying in this situation or this relationship or this circumstance given the thing that they know to be true about them. And so they take the courageous step of starting to make changes, to starting to pursue external components of living that feel more aligned. Now, there's nothing about this process that's comfortable. (laughs) I mean that sincerely. Not an inch of it is comfortable. And that's where the real tension lies. I've observed, you may know this, that when someone is in a comfortable situation, maybe that's financial security, um, maybe that's just ease of living, uh, it's more difficult to create change. It's often when our backs are up against the wall or some shit goes down, something happens. Like I said, someone you love dies. You know, I've said it so many times, but the loss of my mom in 2021 was the single most devastating thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life. It was the biggest fucking deal. (laughs) I can't even tell you how much it flipped me inside out and upside down. But it was also the most liberating experience I've ever had. And I think about this now in that it's sort of a gift that she gave me. And it's a potential gift that any of the dead give the living. Is that there was this connection to the impermanence of this human experience. She showed me in her dying how precious my life is. She showed me how precious time is. She showed me how intolerant I should be of not living a life that feels aligned inside and out. And this happens to us, right? Like someone gets sick and suddenly their mortality is in their face and they go, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Or the job that paid you so much money, that paid you so well, suddenly it's gone and you go, now what do I do? For some folks, 
that discomfort is so great that the best that they know how to do is go back to doing what they were doing. And again, that's a perfectly reasonable and understandable response. But for others, that moment wakes them up to a new possibility, a new reality. It connects them to their ability to step into something different. Not to belabor my mom's death, but I remember thinking in conversation with others as, as I was contemplating her death after I got in some space around it, that almost everything I said was, or anything anyone else said to me, was in relationship to the fact that my mom had passed. And so it was kind of like super, um, <laughs> I guess, again, liberating in that I was kind of like, well, so what? My mom died. <laughs> I laugh about that now because it really propelled me to make some choices and to have some conversations and to do some things that I would not have done when she was alive because I didn't need to. I was sitting in this place of comfort and suddenly this discomfort alerted me to my own abilities to step up, to go deep, to dive in and to really tackle the stuff that I had been suppressing or repressing. So maybe something happens. But again, like I said, maybe not. Regardless, for some of us, maybe for you, there's this desire, this deep desire to find connection, to find deep connection and alignment, and to pursue a life that reflects that. And you become less and less tolerant you become less and less tolerant of the things that don't feel like they're a part of that vision. Certain relationships go away. Certain um, commitments you end up saying no to, you can no longer do. Certain habits or ways of being or you know, even down to what you eat or drink, suddenly it's just too much. You're intolerant. You can't take it. And what I've observed so many times, and I know this too, within my own body, my own spirit, and my own experience is that this is a super itchy time. It's a super discombobulated time. It is a dark night of the soul. When you really, really start to pursue your aligned path, you will feel so lost. You will feel like no one understands you. You will feel like you don't know who you are. You will feel like nothing makes sense. Sounds pretty sexy, right? <laughs> I'm really I'm really selling this, but it's true. Like I said to you, nothing about this is going to be comfortable. This is the way that change works. This is the way that change manifests. Because in order to find your way into something new and something different, you have to be willing to give up the comfort of what it is that you have currently. And a lot of us are very comfortable in dysfunctional situations. We are very comfortable in relationships that don't treat us with respect and dignity. We are very comfortable in jobs that don't allow us to feel like we can shine forth and jobs that take advantage of us. We are very comfortable pursuing stuff that makes us feel mediocre. And although the deeper part of us, that inner knowing, that inner self, it knows that this isn't it, this isn't enough, the inner part of you that's constantly going, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, 
the outer part is just so obsessed with the comfort. <laughs> it just wants to go home. It just wants to make some popcorn and watch a movie and not struggle. Because who wants to struggle? Who wants that? Well, maybe you will if you start to understand that the struggle is where the growth happens. That the anatomy of change is about connecting this inner voice with the outer lived experience in a way that at first feels really itchy and uncomfortable and strange and weird and confusing. And you feel like you don't know who you are and you don't know what you're supposed to do and you don't know what you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to be. You don't know who your friends are. You don't know how to relate to your family. You feel isolated. You feel lost. You feel lonely, but you have to keep doing it. You have to keep doing it. It's a courageous act because it's the thing that you have to do. It's saying yes to the thing that you have to do. Change is courageous. Embarking upon change mindfully, intentionally is courageous. But it also, when you're doing it, it doesn't feel like courage. It feels like exactly what you had to do next. You know, whenever they interview someone who's rescued someone else, they say, and I say they, <laughs> let's imagine a newscast where someone is being interviewed who rescued someone from a burning building. And they say, how did you drum up the courage to do that? People always reflect, I just had to, I had to, it was the next thing to do. How could I let that person stay in there? This is the type of experience and feeling that you will have when you're ready for change. It's the next thing you have to do. You can't keep living like this. Now, if you're not ready for change, you won't do it. You'll stay exactly where, where you are. You'll keep doing the things that you're doing. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not wrong. It's where you're ready to be right now. Because there's another element to this in that you have to have the capacity to be able to withstand the discomfort. And there are certain times in our lives where we have that capacity more than others. There are certain situations like sickness, loss, etc., that will alert us, whether we want it or not, to our capacity. But you have to be able to have the capacity. You can't manifest. You can't create beyond that which feels like it's something that you can withstand. <laughs> I've heard this phrase before, we can't manifest beyond the speed of safety. Now, safety is relative. Safety is relative. But I believe that to absolutely be true. If you want to manifest change, if you want to manifest that next situation, that next thing, know that you will not create anything that's outside of the bounds of what you're ready for. Now, you can beat yourself up about that and think that you're supposed to or you should be ready for X, Y, Z, or you can trust the universe to just bunch you, bump you up against the edges, the discomfort that you're able to handle right now, currently. And if you're really evolved, <laughs> you can actually exercise gratitude. Say, ooh, I'm so itchy. This is so sticky. I feel so wiggly. I feel so lost. And that's exactly what I need right now. It's all I can handle. I'm so grateful for it. 
I remember this story that Elizabeth Gilbert told when her partner, Rhea, was at the end of her life and Liz was just really, really struggling. She tells, you know, the specifics of what they were dealing with, with cancer treatment and so forth. But she tells a story of being in New York and stepping outside and just feeling so fed up with God in this situation and shouting to the sky, what else you got? What else you got? Give it all to me. If you're going to give me this, like, give me everything. Don't hold back. Let me feel it all. Come on. (laughs) Almost like challenging the divine. And I always think about that story because I think about the courage that it actually takes to pray a prayer like that. But that is the prayer that we all pray when we're willing to step into the next phase, the next chapter of our lives. We might not be so bold with it, but it's really what we're inviting at that sort of tipping point moment. And the beauty is, is that the more significant and severe the struggle is, the more great the possibility for change is. So you might not like to be where you are. You might not like to feel isolated. You might not like to question where your income is going to come from. You might not like to have to leave this community. You might not like have to like to set that boundary with your family. But know that when you do, you're enriching, you're making greater your capacity. You're learning so much more about yourself. You're understanding more deeply how it is that you're able to show up. And it is with that greater capacity that you are going to be able to step into joy and happiness and playfulness and curiosity and grace and compassion as you move into this next phase of your life, into this next chapter. I love chapters. I love seasons. In the spirit of Taylor Swift, I love eras. (laughs) And I think it's so beautiful when we can give ourselves permission to step into a new chapter. We become obsessed with staying in the same chapter. We become so committed to this being our book. But there are these tipping point moments where you know that everything changes, where you start to be willing to take the next steps. That's the next chapter. That's the next season. That's your next era. And that's when you know that you are ready for change. When you know it's the next step you have to take. And also a signature, a hallmark component of this is that it won't make sense. It won't make rational sense. You could explain it to other people and they might give you feedback like, oh, that doesn't seem smart. I don't know about that. If they do, that might be a good sign because that's typically when you're following that deep knowing, that intuition. You're not behaving by the same rules. You're not playing by the same book. You're starting a new chapter and this new chapter has new, it's introducing new characters. It starts in a whole new scene. It has a whole new tone to it. Sure, you're still the main character of the book, but you're moving into something new and it's totally unexpected. It is not what anyone expected to happen next, but it's what you know has to happen next. It's what you can't help but move into. Is this resonating with you? Do you feel this? Do you recognize this? 
in your own life? If you've gone through this in the past, one of the things that you'll know is the only reason I'm able to get on this microphone and say to you, well, this is going to be hard. This is going to be uncomfortable is because I've been through it and because it doesn't last. It's not like that forever. Your relationship to the whole thing changes and you start to relate to it in a way that allows you to accept that as part of this season, as part of this chapter. But you know there are other chapters upcoming. That grief of making a shift, of moving, of ending a relationship, that sadness involving loss or feeling lost, the actual experience of the dying of your ego, killing off that old version of you that no longer works in this current situation, those experiences are all very real, but how you relate to it will change. You have to feel it, to know it, to get through it, to decide, to reclaim agency in your relationship to it. The biggest moments, the biggest shifts in my life, the most significant moments of change were undoubtedly dark nights of the soul. Lost. This guy, he was lost. <laughs> He would say, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. And not like in a specifically uh, professional way, or it was like existential. You'd leave a professional setting, you leave a relationship, and suddenly it becomes existential. And you go, who am I? I don't know what I'm doing. Who's guiding me here? Who's driving this car? <laughs> and I just have so much gratitude for those circumstances because they taught me so much about myself. And what I can do is I can recall them to you and I can feel them. But how I relate to them is so different. I go, oh, yes, it was like that. It was absolutely like that. But you know what? It's not now. And it might be like that again. But the good news about it being like that again is that I've been through it before. So I know. I know about my capacity. I know my capacity so deeply because I've been to this deep, dark, crazy, wild place. And I know that on the other side of that, I found a light. I found a joy. I found a playfulness. I found a curiosity. I found a mode of expression like I never, ever expected. The final piece here that I want to share with you about this anatomy of change, about whether you're ready to change, is that I can promise you that when you take these steps, what you will find and discover will be better than what you imagined beforehand. See, you think that you need to make this change to get to XYZ point. You think that you need to end up in this job or with this in your bank account or with this type of relationship. But I want you to know that you don't know. <laughs> you don't know on a rational level. But if you tap down into that inner being, that inner knowing, that spiritual bubbling up within, what you'll encounter is a willingness to engage the mystery of it all, which will point you toward something so much greater, something so much more exciting, so much more satisfying than you could possibly dream up right now. Because you can only dream based on your experience thus far. You have to step into not knowing. You have to step in beyond your dreams because there's something so much greater for you. And when you can do that, 
everything is a delight. Everything is a mysterious joy. And you go, I didn't expect this. I had an idea, but it wasn't as good as this. It wasn't allowing me to be the me that's showing up right now. This me, this is so exciting. This is thrilling. I love being this me. And if I'm this me now, where am I going to be next? Where am I going? See, the thing that I've also observed too is these first moments, especially in adulthood, around taking these mm, radical steps toward change. The people that are willing to step outside the box, to play by different rules, to be radical, to shift, to move, to change the game. I think it's hardest at first. But then you start to embrace the path. And so how you relate to it moving forward really gets better. It actually becomes a lot easier. You start to look at life like one big bottle of change agent <laughs> that you're pouring all over everything all the time and you're drinking and you're consuming. But yeah, it starts to just be how it is that you are, how it is that you live, how it is that you move, how it is that you breathe how it is that you sing, how it is that you create, how it is that you make, how it is that you relate to others. You just embrace the process because it was all change, always to begin with. We just used to try to convince ourselves that we had to stay, but we never did. We just had to have the courage to try to connect the outside with the inside and to keep pointing down that path of alignment of growth, of healing, of transformation. Again, do you feel this? Is it connecting with your story? Are you ready right now to create a bigger shift? What have you been holding back on? What have you been allowing to repress that inner voice? What have you not been willing to step into that would be uncomfortable, that would be scratchy, that would be squirmy? Is this podcast, is this moment, is my voice the call that you need? And if so, what inspired action are you going to take? Now, if you're not ready, it's okay. It's totally okay. Truly. Stay right where you are. Wait till you are ready. But if you are feeling that, that call within, don't ignore it. Time is of the essence. Now is the moment. Don't wait. Until next time. Peace.